1: Good morning, everyone. Happy Christmas Eve. Waiting for my co-host to arrive. I'm going to find some music to play while we wait for people to roll in. I'm hosting hosting my 11 AM Nick space. That's my son in the background, who is now going to be annoyed that I'm on Twitter spaces at 11 AM. Uh, we don't have to make this long. Anonymous was good. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to play some music. Uh, the funny thing, I'm going to have to go back downstairs. Uh, hope everyone is well. Hope everyone is warm and safe. Last night was, like, <laughs> it was too cold last night for for the events of last night, the game. Vivek, what's up? Uh, Next Morning Brew, what's good? What's up? Uh, I'm going to play some christmas music if i can find it. Uh, here we go. Uh, to play one of my favorites because it is truly the most wonderful time of the year. So while we wait for people to roll in, I will um so one i need to i need to apologize for not uh, Promoting these space, the spaces in advance. So that's on me. Um, I'm going to retweet this uh, now. And I will... Daddy, and, can we, play we can play Lowdown after I'm done, buddy. I promise you. I have never even heard of Lowdown. If anyone's ever heard of the car game Lowdown, I've never heard of this before. Uh... Let's see now. So, actually, you know what? I'm gonna t- okay. I'm gonna promote this space, and then I'm going to tell a story. Uh, it's on time. Uh, to pull up and tap in. All right. So here's the story. I see, but I can't tell the story. Well, I can tell this. Well, okay, I can tell the story. So, I had—I um, don't know if you all are familiar with Viral Nico on 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 Twitter. Um, good dude. Um, basically, he had—he was able to get something for me, and he got this for me. Like, and he was supposed to give it to me after the Knicks home opener. So after the Knicks home opened, that was a Pistons game. Uh, we all went to Blarney Stone, which is down the street, for those who don't know, it's on it's on 8th between 30th and 31st. It's like it's like a half a block from the garden. And I waited, well, I forgot I was meeting him, and then I left because I had like a 6 a.m. flight the next morning uh, to Atlanta. So I left and he and when I left, he showed up like a half hour later as Cedric. Told me, oh, you missed, you missed Nico. He was up, and I was like, oh, I forgot he was supposed to, he was supposed to give me something. So him and I have been playing like DM tag, trying to figure out a time for him to for him to meet up to meet up to give me this thing. And so what happened? Okay, so last night, so we were supposed to meet up on Tuesday, but like we forgot to confirm whatever. So I said, hey, I'm going to the game. I'm going to the game. Um. Do you want to meet at Blarney's after the game? He's like, cool. I'm like, cool. Go to the game. We know how the game ended. Cedric and I go to Blarney, and I'm like, okay, this is like 10 o'clock. And I was like, all right, he should be here within the next 15, 20 minutes. So we'll just hang out, whatever. 10 15, no, no, no Nico. 10 30, no Nico. 10:45. no Nico. I'm like, well, where is this guy? I DM him, no response. I text him. Cedric texts him, no response. Cedric calls, he doesn't answer. This guy says, I'm on my way. I'll be there by 1230. And I'm like, bro, it's 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 nine degrees outside. Like the temperature is just dropping by the hour. I gotta wait here to 1230. So he shows up at 1230. Blessings to him. I found out he came all the way from. I'm not gonna dox him, but he came very, very far. And I was like, "Bro, if I know you're coming from that far, we could have figure something else out." So shout out to him. He showed up, um, and I learned my lesson that to never meet him after out uh, on a Friday night again. All right, I don't know where my co-host is. He's probably sleeping. I don't blame him. I didn't wake up until nine o'clock this morning, and that's only because I was able to. We were able to give my six-year-old son. Um, headphones, you can watch TV, and I went back to sleep. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to uh, the Christmas Eve edition of KFS Study oh, Hall. Be- I my- yes, you can go to. Um, my name is Sean for W. Thank you for joining. I don't know if we're gonna stay here for an hour today, um, but we'll no, we'll just play it by ear. Um, what was I gonna say? So, listen, we'll talk about. So, usually we start off with the games uh since our last show which was last Saturday so we beat the Pacers we yeah we beat the Pacers we beat the mess out of the Warriors and then we lost to the Raptors and the Bulls um by the way if anyone wants to come up and just speak just raise your hand we can just we can make this like a town hall style session you know if you want to get if you want to get you want to get anything off your chest especially last night's game which we'll get to it was just annoying but yeah just request anytime um so the pacer game was interesting my man i-95 bully yes sir all right um so the pacer game was interesting because i actually when i looked i saw we were down four with like a minute and a half left and i was like wow this game is over and then my son came asked me to do something and I when i helped him and i come back and we're up one i'm like how did this happen Actually, we're down six. It was like 104.98. Um, so that was a great win. That was a game I swore we would lose. Um that was a great win. Um Tuesday night was just a complete shellacking. Uh, I was at that game and I realized very I realized around the halfway through the third quarter, like this team about Steph Curry has an offensive ceiling and they and they and they can't out offense us. That's Jordan Poole is cool. They, they were running him around the they were running him around the Steph double screens and everything. And you can score that kid is a bucket. That kid could put the ball in the basket. Um on defense, he's absolute food. But when you're relying on like I said in the pregame, uh, I'll be very disappointed if we lose this game, because they have 3-15 on the road, and they're depending on Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb and, uh, like, nah, and Wiseman, and nah, this ain't it. So that was that. So that was Tuesday. So that was eight in a row. Um, Wednesday, I knew that game stunk. I said it all. I said it in – I said it on who spaces, I said it anywhere or listen. And anyone to anyone who listens, I knew that game stunk. Back-to-back on an eight-man rotation with no grimes. A hungry and desperate Raptors team that lost six in a row. That had who they're the prototype team that gives the Knicks, especially a Jalen Brunson Knicks team, fits. Why is my son playing with the lamp? Turn the light off, please. Um, I knew the game stung because those like vision six nine uh, teams of length that could switch everything and have a good a solid uh, point guard defender. Um, I was going to give Jalen Brunson trouble, which it did. We still couldn't won the game. Listen, at the same time, they needed 52 from Pascal Siakam. I don't want to hear about free throw. I don't want. To, I don't like to blame refs for, I don't like to blame lost games lost on on ref, on officiating because it of prevents you from looking in the mirror first. And the Knicks turned the ball over 16 times. and They turned the ball over four. Um, Steve Carr has this saying, and you know that. I've, 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 I've Zach, Zach, you can't. Oh, hold on one second, guys. You want me to hop in, Sean? I, I'm good. I just had to tell my son, like, he just can't run through the house hollering at the top of his lungs, um, <laughs> kids. I love you, Zach. All right. Um, so Steve Kerr says he when he looks at a um, box score, when after a game, he only looks at three. Uh, he only looks at three stats. He looks at assists, turnovers, and other teams' field goal percentage because he looks at did we take, did we share the ball, did we take care of the ball. And did we and did we play good defense? And if I pull up the stats from that game, if I pull up the box score from that game, uh team stats actually, uh they shot yo, we shot fifty-five percent from the field and forty two percent from three and lost. well they shot forty four percent. Um we out assisted them twenty-five-seventeen. So we played good defense and we and we shared the ball. But 17 turnovers to five, and those 17 turnovers led to 21 points. That's your ball game right there. Can't do that. And then last night, I mean, like I actually posted on the jumbotron. I cannot believe we uh, for the second year in a row we lost a game at home on December 23rd, where we scored 117 points, and our leading scorer had 44. Because last year, December 23rd, we lost to the Wizards. That was the Kemba Walker 44-point game, which you all remember. And then last night, Ron Alexander-Barry Jr. had 44 points. We scored 117, and we lost. Um, Jalen Brunson didn't have it last night. The free throw shooting, uh, look, twice last – twice, I said to myself – this game should be we hit two free throws this game is over. Twice I said it. We were up we they 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 missed a shot. I'll find the exact I'll find the exact um I'll find the exact play. But they missed a shot. We grabbed the rebound up 3 and let me see if I can find this here. Uh 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 who okay yes um uh, Levine took a three. 108 left. Levine takes a three. Uh, we get the rebound. Loose ball foul on DeMar. Grimes goes to the line. And I'm like, yo, we hit these two. We hit one of two. We're in good money. Grimes misses both. Okay. <sighs> Fine. Uh, Levine hits a two, but then RJ comes back and he hits a two. So that's 117-114. Now, they... Just a three, got the offensive rebound, and then Levine made a layup. But by this time, there was 7.1 in the clock, and then we fouled Brunson. So I'm like, all right, there's seven seconds left. We're up one. Brunson hits these two free throws. Bare minimum, we go to overtime. Uh, Bare minimum, we go to overtime. And when Brunson missed the first free throw, you could feel the energy in the building just shift, shift to, like, oh, my God, this is not good. This is not good. You can just feel everyone getting tight. And then he missed his second free throw. And when he missed his second free throw, I was like, all right, I know how this is going to end, and we saw how it ended. So, um, got it your free throws. Got it your free throws. I'm not talking about any – like, we couldn't pull away from them. But, then again, I knew this game was going to be tough because we just, we just beat them twice in their own building. I we knew they were coming for blood today. We, yesterday. We knew it. Um, so – That's the recap of the games. Um, I'll throw it to I-95 Bully to share what he wants to share, and then we'll go to Vivek, and if anyone else wants to discuss the games last night, go right ahead. I-95 Bully, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. How are you?
2: Yo, uh, Happy Holidays to you, man. I I pretty much agree with everything you said, you know, as far as, you know, the bad and the ugly. Um, One thing that also stuck out to me, you know, RJ had a great game offensively, but if you look at, one of the last plays of the game where it was him matched up with Zach Levine, Zach Levine pretty much just blew right by him uh, for that layup. And there was no, no help defense. So that's one thing that, that stuck out to me. And you touched on Grimes at the line and you saw Grimes, you saw his face. Uh, The kid was shook and, you know, he still is, you know, a young second year player. So, you know, I'm not going to beat him up too much, but you know, you got to make those free throws. And you mentioned um, Brunson. After he missed that first free throw, he had a smirk on his face. And, you know, I'm watching the game, you know, with my family, and I said, you know, this guy's been in the conference finals. This moment is nothing to him. You know, he's going to knock down the second one. Um, but one thing that, that really stuck out to me over the course of the games uh, with the Bulls, um, with that second game against the Bulls, if you go to about the six-minute mark in the second game, the Knicks were up big. But the Bulls uh, were making a run, and Tibbs subs back in Randall, and immediately Randall runs to the corner, um, low side of the screen. RJ has the ball high side. He calls for a pick against Mitch. He runs around the pick and swings it to Julius for the open three. Phoenix has the ball high side. Julius is in the same spot. He's in the corner, and for me that that really stuck out because I don't know.
1: I think we're losing you. I ninety five. Yeah, you're in the matrix, yep, my brother.
2: Yep.
1: you you were in the matrix yep, for a minute. Yep,
2: yep. can you hear us? Yep, I can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, you can we hear me?
1: we lost you for a second. Um, so the last thing we heard, the last thing I heard you say was, um, Julius runs to the corner, and then RJ had the ball.
2: Yep. So he he ran to the corner. RJ comes off of a screen, finds Julius open for a corner three. Very next play. It's the same play, but I accused the ball handler in the pick and roll. he swings it. Right. I don't know how many times we've seen Julius.
1: You, are in the you're in the matrix, my brother. You you are in Run the matrix. The corner. Okay. We uh. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna send you down. Come back up. Maybe leave the app and come back. But you're 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 coming in and out. So I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you down close the app come back up and then we'll um we'll figure it out so sorry i'm sorry about that but we can't, we can't hear you all right so i'm well, gonna we'll send you down come back up and then we'll figure it we'll try and figure it out because so i really want to hear the rest of your take uh let's go to vivek vivek uh the floor is yours good morning
3: good morning uh happy holidays uh merry christmas to everybody um how are you doing
1: Good, good. I mean, all things considering, um, you know, doing all right. I'm staying – like, I actually, have a poll. I'm going to post a poll in the, in the jumbo truck. And the poll is, are you going outside? Because for uh, me, the I, answer is no.
3: I went from the garage outside this morning. Um, somehow survived. Went to get breakfast. Um, but, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> um, nah, man, listen. Turnovers and free throws. But I'll say free throws and turnovers in that order um i I don't know free throws just annoy me because it's like like it's just it feels so easy right (laughs) like you know why are we missing so many free throws we missed 11 free throws and i think the bulls only missed some of the bulls only missed four and it doesn't make sense they missed four but then i guess they you know drummond took two and i don't remember when he took two so you know that's that's the game right there and then 10 to four turnovers um uh, we had ten. I think the Bulls had four. Um, RJ had six apparently. Um, and I think some of those are bad turnovers. But like I just noticed, this is a trend line—the uh, this game and last game. Um, so it's something we gotta clean up a little bit because, like, I think our handles are getting too loose. Like you know, you, you when you see guys dribbling, it seems like they're dribbling so high. You know, I don't know if you've seen this, but like you know, it's like it's not it's not tight. He used to go crisp, right? You know, I feel like a lot of our turnovers are just like they're they're, they're like the dumps sort. They're you know, they're you know, they're you know, live turnovers are just you know, it's it's just, it's totally avoidable in that sense. Um, so we gotta clean that up, and now you gotta clean up the free, free throw shooting. I don't know what else to say. Um, you know, I don't know what these guys do. That was a problem last year. Um, it was a problem with some of Tibbs' earlier teams at Chicago. I don't know how it got better, but I think, you know, whatever has to happen, it has to happen. You know, we can't be, you know, we're 15th now, but we were somewhere in the top 10, and you got to be up there. You know, with the n- number of free throws we take, you know, you got to be up there. Um, maybe there's fatigue involved. Maybe it's, you know, just, I don't know, it's like the intensity in which we play every single possession. Um, but, you know, that has to change, and that's, you know, those two are the two of the biggest reasons why, um, you know, we've lost today. We lost against Toronto um, because you could count the eleven misses we had, and how many of those opportunities the Bulls ended up scoring on us. Um, and they, I think, they scored a lot of points. I don't have the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's high. Um, and you, you mean points off turnovers? No, points off missed free throws. Oh,
1: missed free throws. Oh, okay. Yeah, they deal with. Yeah, was, yeah. Dude, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good shot.
3: Yeah, like you know, we they probably made a bunch. And <clears throat> again, you know. In these, you know, Tibbs styles teams. You know, we know this front and center. You know, these games are going to be so tight that the margin's better. So every little thing you don't do just adds up, and it can become a problem. So like missed free throws are just easy. You know, you got to figure that out. Like, you know, defensive rebounding is another issue I have, but that's more a Hartenstein, a Hartenstein issue. Um, I feel like, I feel like he just likes to like. Tip every rebound rather than, you know, grab it with two hands. Sometimes, Um, granted, I think Drummond makes things. I don't know. I think they overhyped Drummond a little bit on the broadcast, but you know, I feel like he missed a few opportunities too, um, along with Randall, and I think Randall acknowledged that. Um, But got to clean that up too, and you know, yeah, a couple other things real quick. Um, Brunson, Brunson seemed to have a hard time today uh, with or yesterday. Um, and I think maybe it's something to watch for, you know, some of these bigger guards give him, uh, give him, give him some headaches. Uh, you know, I think Dasumu is like 6'5 with like a eight ish wingspan. But I noticed like when we played Memphis earlier in the year, you know, even Ja, I don't, I don't know how often like Ja guarded him, but Jaw's like a big guard. Um, so I wonder if these bigger guards are give, give, you know, Brunson a hard time. Maybe it's worth, you know, studying a little bit. And, you know, I think Grimes is just, um, in the second half, he was just basically rushing every single shot. And I could basically, you know, the moment he put him up, I knew he was going to miss him. And even if he was wide open, I knew he was going to miss the shot. So, you know, something was off there. I mean, you know, maybe he just got the jitters. I don't know. But, you know, I could tell. Um, otherwise, that's all I have. Um, you know, hopefully they don't disappoint tomorrow. Because they disappointed yesterday. and <laughs> You know, it's a bummer they did, you know, so many fans went home disappointed. You know, I hate I hate that feeling. You know, you gotta you gotta win at home, and you can't win. You can't lose because of free throws at home. That's just that's just terrible.
1: Absolutely. Um. Listen, so you hit the nail on the head about um the big guards. Um. Length gives length gives Jalen trouble. And Vivek, can you go mute a little bit? I can get some feedback. Um. Thank you, sir. Um, length gives it. Length gives him trouble. Um, uh, we saw like against the uh, against the Bucks, um, uh, Drew Holiday, and I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I can look it up. Gave a little trouble. I saw. I knew. yesterday I knew. Wednesday was going to be trouble because of the length that that they have. Um, that 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 the Raptors have, and it, you know, I O you know, is is he's a problem on the defensive end. And one thing about I O, really quick, and you spoke about the turnovers, of R J dribbling, because uh, 318 left, he got the ball in the wing, and. I.O came over for the double and he couldn't get out of it and then he got stripped and then it led to a fast break and I just I just I just filed that away in the back of my head I was like I was like I wonder if this play is gonna come back to bite us. Um, the other thing is and then we'll go back to I ninety five bully to finish his point was the um, just the 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 fact that they went they went to R.J. down the stretch which you could say he kind of deserved because he'd been. It, had an amazing game, and it's usually Jalen Brunson time. But it was, uh, but we went to we we went to um, went to R.J. Uh, sometimes he came up big, sometimes he didn't. But that's part of the maturation process. Um, that's part of, that's the part of him getting better. That's something he'll learn from. Um, so it was good for them, for the team, to trust him down the stretch, and hopefully we'll see that more often. I ninety five, welcome back, and hey, it's Chris Percy. Okay, I'll bring him up uh five. you can finish your point so i would honestly just start over from the the last thing we heard was they ran that same action with IQ the, the next time down with Julius in the corner
2: yeah i got you yeah so pre- the play before Julius spotted up in the corner RJ found him wide open this the very next offensive possession they ran the same play but this time with IQ and Mitch and they found Julius in in the corner and as I was saying, I don't know how many times in the past few years have we seen Julius willingly go to the corner and just completely defer, spot up, and say, I'm here if you need me. And I was in the second Chicago game. And in the in this game yesterday, when RJ had the ball low side of the screen, he did a cross-court pass to Randall again, in the corner, and that's the play where Randall had that, um, that layup and one where he was talking shit to the crowd. And then the, the very next offensive possession, that's where RJ had that, um, that kind of that fall away middie over Levine and all of those plays, Randall was in the corner, completely deferring. And when that possession started, Randall gave the ball to Brunson, gave it to RJ, RJ gets double teamed, gives it back to Brunson, but it was pretty cool to see both of them just saying, RJ, You know, just take us home. And I'm not going to get too hard on him. He didn't completely close the game. But this guy has played 90 minutes in in two games. So I just have a hard time criticizing them right now. I agree with all the points you guys made. But the biggest takeaway for me was just seeing um, Miranda just completely defer. He wanted no parts of what was happening, you know, during the crunch time. I mean, I was pretty surprised that he did pass up on the open three. Yeah, I thought it was a very smart play of him. And, you know, we always hear fans say we, we want to give RJ the keys. We want to know what it looks like when he's controlling the offense. When he controls that second unit, you know, it looks pretty bad at times. But to see him yesterday just control the first unit, you know, that was pretty interesting to me. And I want to know if, if you have any takeaways, maybe not so much from the X's and O's, but just to see RJ, you know, take the reins over pretty much for the entire game. Yeah,
1: I think for me, and then we'll get Chris in as well, like, for me, I think them, Tibbs staggering the lineup and having him play more of the bench units, which is something that I've been calling for since last year, um, has helped him regain confidence, has helped him settle, and he started playing really well. Now, now, to your point, there are some times where him and the bench haven't looked good, but it seems like he's over the, like I've said it, like I said, he's Mark Teixeira. Cause if you're a Yankee fan, you know, Mark Teixeira would bat like 185 every April, every single year. And then he will turn it around and then he will, you know, and then May, June, he'd warm up and, and then, you know, he'd do his thing. Um, so it looks like, it looks like um, early season struggles for RJ, just, just a thing. I think that compounded, com- combined with, you know, basically knowing that he was one unprotected first round pick away from being shipped to Utah for Donovan Mitchell, pour, put a lot on him to try and do too much. But now he's playing with more within the, the floor of the offense. He there's actually was a really good breakdown about his passing being underrated. I'm gonna find that tweet and post it in the Jumbletron. Um And his playmaking is improving because the playmaking helps unlock other things because you're seeing less of the, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to the basket no matter what.
2: It's uh, even decision-making as well because he's he's not, not forcing those crazy layups anymore. So I think for this past month, since December 1st, you know, his overall decision-making, whether he makes the pass or not, it's also important to notice the shots that he's taking and the shots that he's not taking as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, like those I'm going to the basket no matter what, I don't care how many guys in the basket or in the lane are there. Um, He's being more aggressive. Maybe he's lost the weight because now he's just yamming it on people left and right. Um, But it's good to see. It's good to see. Like, la- RJ last night, if we can get – obviously, I don't expect 44 points from every night, but we can get that dude on a consistent basis. The ceiling of this team improves extremely exponentially exponentially and then when you start talking about adding the next piece you don't have to add maybe you don't have to add the second star because maybe we have one but you know let's do early i don't want to put too much on the
0: kid we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
5: What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Knicks Film School. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Ready to win money and boost your odds? We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards. Get in on all your teams, players, and sports. From the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, MMA golf, the W, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or go to winbet.com to start winning. That's bet 100, win 100 at www.wynnbet.com. Download, bet, win. It's that simple.
1: I will hand it off to my main man, Chris Persianen, who made him play MSG Garden Tag last night. Um, both of us in the building did not get to meet up because we need to take a KFS study hall picture. But your thoughts on the game and the games of this week and anything you want, brother, the floor is yours.
6: Hey, what's going on? Uh, sorry for being late. Finally, you do not have,
1: have to apologize for being late. Ever, ever, ever. For the ever. first
6: time, Sean, for the first time, I was just straight up asleep. Let me tell you something. It was 4 a.m. last night when I so – it was 3 a.m. last night when I sent in uh, my beat report to, to WFUV, uh, which is actually up now if you want to go on my page after this and check that out. That's a shameless, shameless plug because um, – those youtube videos as silly as this sounds those youtube videos doing well and getting likes and comments is how i get to go to more games with uh access so anyway um <laughs> super shameless plug but regardless no uh, I no think such thing, hey, you shameless
1: plug all you wanted this t- on this show all right
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was p- fill up put the all to alice all right listen the, the knicks are playing good basketball recently and i think they internally are aware of it like they are very aware that what they've been doing recently is what it takes to get the results that they want. You know, we talked earlier in the season about RJ Barrett's process being a little concerning. Um, You know, a lot of fans, a lot of the Knicks fan base were, were saying, hey, it feels like this guy wants to get 20 more than he wants to win, and, uh, you know, uh, as, as someone who's covered Barrett for a while, I, I never thought that to be true, but I I, I also didn't think that the Nick fan base was ludicrous for thinking that, you know, based on the evidence on the court. Um, <clears throat> you know, you look now, Barrett, like you guys were just talking about, not only is he making, you know, better decisions with the ball in his hands, but he's making them quicker uh it's, just a, it's a comfortability out there that, that he didn't have earlier in the season. And he was asked about it yesterday. He just said film. He was like, it's just film. lot of film. So um, uh, you can tell who his coach is. You can tell who his head coach is. But you can also tell that, you know, like, like from Montverde, Duke, New York, before Montverde, you know this kid is is basketball royalty. He's the prince of Canada, right? So his dad is like the gatekeeper of Canadian basketball. This kid grew up with pedigree, um, and that's why you know earlier in the season when there were concerns about his process and mentality, I, I personally like you know if I were the Nick fan base, I, I wouldn't have been as concerned because you look at his pedigree you you look at steve nash being his godfather like the this kid's support system from a long time ago has been fantastic now you know when i was evaluating cole anthony pre-draft before he was drafted at all something i was told by by someone in the know who knows the family and, and all that was like yeah no matter what you think of him as a prospect he's going to stick because his support system is fantastic and his dad knows what he's doing and, and cole wants to be good and this kid's gonna stick around because he's just got a great support like sometimes it's just not that deep sometimes it's like yeah this kid is basketball royalty he has the knowledge the the like the depth the breadth of knowledge in his life to figure this out you just gotta bet on him doing it uh I you know i was talking to someone last night uh it, you know in, in the Press box, and they were saying, uh, "Hey, you know, if Barrett with a knife pick, he probably would have struggled way less." He thinks that, like, just the expectations coupled with the New York market um, is tough on guys. And I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not using that as an excuse, but I, I do agree. You know, I, I don't think that's an excuse, but I do agree. I think that. Uh, to sit here and be like, oh, well, if he was drafted later, like, you know, I'm not going to do that. But,
1: but it's true. Happiness, um, equal, happiness equals reality minus expectations. I
6: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I agree with you there, Sean. So, you know, overall, like last night, you know, uh, we asked Julius about RJ. And I, I, I felt weird doing it, but someone else did it. So... I didn't mind, and, and basically just, you know, he was talking about what the difference is recently with Barrett, and he was like, it's just, he's he's like, he's not just getting in a rhythm. Like, he's getting smarter. Like, he's figuring this shit out. Um, you know, Randall said it, it, in crunch time, there was a read that RJ missed. He saw, Randall saw Brunson open in the corner, and he told RJ, he was like, hey, do that again. That corner's open the way they're covering this that was that 3 that Randall hit late that next play RJ found Randall in the corner like the guys are communicating the guys are talking the guys are figuring stuff out um you know i, I think after that that first loss to end the win streak uh Tom Thibodeau took a really long time to come out do his post game availability and if you ask me a reason for that was cuz he was delivering a message to the team about You know, he he was very consistently telling them not to get too high on the highs, and I I think the message was don't get too low on the lows either. You know, let's just keep it moving. Um, I think that's why they they you know they wanted to win last night. They didn't, but there there didn't seem to be. I feel like when the Dallas loss happened, uh, when the Atlanta loss happened, when the Portland loss happened, those three games uh it, it felt as if the air and joy was sucked out of the garden with a really big vacuum and and that translated to the you know the post game availability like it just felt dead in there uh but but i want to say after the toronto loss and after this one there's been a bit of a different demeanor from everyone it, it's not we don't care that we lost but i think it is we trust ourselves now to figure this out. It's not a question of whether or not we're going to figure this out. And so that, I think, is is something notable. Um, but, yeah, no, and Knicks are just playing good basketball. And, you know, you have to look at the perimeter. Uh, you got to look at the athleticism they got on the perimeter now. You know, the Knicks fan base was clamoring for McBride. For a while, uh, people, analysts, like, you know, top, top analysts have said that they laughed at that idea. Um, But J.J. Reddick came out. He said the difference in the Knicks win streak is not just Grimes and McBride. It's the defense of Grimes and McBride. Because that's a ripple effect. Quentin Grimes comes, he starts guarding the other team's best player. That makes life easier for R.J. Barrett that night. You know he he doesn't have the same responsibility defensively that was getting him burnt to start the year on that end. I, I just there's a, there's a ripple effect of you know Mitchell Robinson two points yesterday, but a lot of important offensive rebounds. Like we actually have a team. I've always disliked the concept of investing into Mitchell Robinson, given that I just thought the Knicks had nowhere near enough ancillary talent. To justify such a like a I, I call players like Robinson like angled players. Like to very like there's very clear what he's out there on the court to do. Um there's like an angle to his play. And I always thought the Knicks didn't have the offensive talent to justify having him out there. But if you didn't know, the Knicks have three 20 point per game scores. Like legitimately. <laughs> that are Barrett, Brunson, Randall, all at 20 points per game plus on the season. I believe at this point. So if not, one of those at 19, but it's just, this is a team that is figuring out how to play together. And Mitchell Robinson is part of it. So when you have three 20 point per game scores, you can afford a guy who literally put up two points, one rebound and one assist yesterday. <laughs> like, like that's, that's not the end of the world for Mitch. I just also like, I don't know. I didn't love his urgency yesterday, but that's a different conversation. I'm not here to like, Whatever. Um, I, I just think you, you see the difference with this rotation change. And the, the last thing I wanted to say was you guys are talking a little bit about Barrett with the bench unit. Uh, that's something Timidow was asked about yesterday, and he kind of just said that's the way things have shaken out. But personally, I too have been advocating for Barrett with that bench unit, Sean. And the reason, as you know, probably is the reason for you doing it too, uh, is because that bench unit is hungry. And they move the ball like there's no tomorrow because they they are unsure of their you know rotation status, yada yada. Like they really play fantastic basketball. And it's also a credit to the play styles of guys like Quickly and Hartenstein that the ball moves so freely out there with the second unit, but it, 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 Barrett fits really well with that second unit because he is the guy in that unit. You know, you look at our second unit, you you, you look at the Knicks' second unit, Quickly, McBride. Uh, Jericho Sims at this point Whether it's him or Toppin Nobody there is like a, Anything close to Even like a you know a Jordan Clarkson Where he's a shot creator But he's so bad on defense you can't start him In playoffs like, Quickly's really good on defense He's not an initiator In terms of like he'll go get you 25 Off the bench right so uh, Maybe 15-20 absolutely But Consistent 25 off the bench. I don't know if we're there yet with him. So to have Barrett off that bench, have the physicality and, and then the spacing of a quickly, the spacing of a, a you know, a Hartenstein, um, it works. And, and Thibodeau kind of wrote it off as like, oh, uh, we're, we're playing it because that's how it's working out. But uh, I, I think... I think it's hard if you're timid to tell the media, I wanted RJ and Julius to play together less. (laughs) You you know, I think it's hard to say that out loud. Be like, yeah, these two guys that are really pivotal to what we're doing, I don't like when they play together. So, uh, (laughs) you you know, he kind of wrote it off as like happenstance that that was the case. But, uh, you know, I I think it's more than on purpose. Um, The Knicks are are really – you look back to that press release that Leon Rose put out at the, at the conclusion of last season. And, you know, Leon Rose rarely speaks. Right. So when he does, I'm of the impression that every single word is something that, he's going to live up to. And the reason for that is because if you're rarely going to speak, when you do speak, people are going to remember it. People are going to hold that against you. People are going to hold you accountable for that. There's no reason that someone as media and PR trained as Leon Rose would put out a statement to the fan base saying, hey, we want to focus on our young talent and then just not do it. Like, <laughs> There's no way, right? So that's why it was really frustrating to the Knicks fan base when the season started the way it did rotation-wise, but you can't be surprised at these switches, you know, these multiple rotation changes that, like I've said, did come from the front office um, and, and have, you know, resulted in a fair amount of success here, so uh, I think yesterday, you know, <laughs> obviously funny to see DeRozan get that shot off and, and hit it and get a foul, you know, just the game after he hit a game-winner against the Hawks, DeRozan was like eight for twenty-one before that shot. The story of the night was RJ Barrett. Nobody was going to talk about DeRozan. Levine was going to be the guy who got a shout. You know, the Bulls got this many points from Zach Levine, but they were unable to stop the the, the Knicks' offense, propelled by art. Like I can hear the article now, right? And then there's six seconds left, and everything changes. So, uh, Thibodeau talks all the time about you know the bounce of a ball or whatever being the difference in a game, and you just got to do the best you can do. I think everyone knows if the Knicks didn't go 15 for 26 with 11 missed free throws yesterday, that the the final result could be different. So, you know, that's that. For that, uh, for me, uh, I just think, again, how I started off. Knicks are playing good basketball, and there's nothing about this that – to me feels like a hot streak or feels unsustainable. You know, To start last season, Julius Randle was averaging 30 points a game. I like Julius Randle a lot. I said that that is not going to last. I said it was 29.8. Through the first four games of last season, Julius Randle was averaging 29.8 points per game. I said, oh, regression's about to hit like a truck. Um, but now we're at a point with R.J. Barrett where you're looking at the way he's doing what he's doing. You're looking at Julius Randle, the way he's doing what he's doing, and, and Jalen Brunson having very honest nights like last night. By the way, I don't know if it's shown on the TV screen, but if you saw Jalen Brunson after the first missed free throw and then especially after the second one, I, like as someone with type 1 diabetes who needs to like watch my color of my skin because if I get really pale, it probably means my blood sugar is low. I have never seen someone turn more pale in a two-second span. Jalen Brunson legitimately looked like he just had a nightmare. I mean, you talk about Rick Carlisle. You talk about Chauncey Billups. You talk about Billy Donovan. Every coach that has come through Madison Square Garden and has been asked about Jalen Brunson has used the word winner. Billy Donovan said he's the ultimate winner. Jason Kidd said he's a winner at every level. Billups said he's a winner at every level. Like these coaches, he's going to get the coach vote to be an all-star. They love him. And yet I've never seen someone so pale, so shaken. Uh I'm not a betting man if I were I would bet, you know, over Brunson free throw percentage for the through the rest of the season. <laughs> I I think that guy's about to spend his Christmas Eve legitimately locked inside a gym, just shooting free throws uh, because I, he was distraught, really, really, like like I'm serious. He was legitimately broken after, like, not, not fully, but you get what I mean. Like, there was a full tone shift. From him, and and you know, you can tell someone with that ice cold resolve. Like it, it wasn't what DeRozan this and that is the the factor of things. It's the moment DeRozan obviously had a factor in him missing the shots. You, know, I'm not going to lie and say he did it, but there's just you know for Grimes to miss both, and then someone like Brunson to do the same. There was craziness going on last night, especially with Julius Randle hitting both of his free throws. I say that not because I expect Julius Randle to miss free throws but because i expect julius randall to miss a free throw in front of the home crowd who seems to be like a, a voodoo trick for him where he, you know the Knicks are the nicks are officially like under 500 at home or 500 at home they're better on the Wh- road, why so are you like... turning on that lamp i it's, no i'm
1: <laughs> sorry i was on a, my son keeps turning on this lamp and i'm just like stop and i didn't realize I was on a, i No, i unmuted to say i unmuted to say um I'm with you when it comes to Julius' free throws. Like, I do not have confidence when he takes free throws. I don't. I don't at all. Um, and I do want to get to Nick's take Jake. So, but, yeah, go
6: ahead. Sorry about that. I'm done. Let's do it, man. No, listen, I, that, that was that was the, the wrap-up of my, my shtick was just, just going back to my point again. This team's playing good basketball. I don't see why it would change. Exactly. This seems This seems somewhat
1: sustainable. Somewhat. I don't know if Nick's take Jake agrees, but we're about to find out. Jake, welcome to the stage. Glad to have you up here. The floor is yours. What's up, Sean? What's up, Chris? Uh, Shout out to everybody
2: in the room. What's
7: going on, man? Good morning. Yeah, I hope y'all are doing well. Uh, Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. Um, Yeah, so I just – I don't really have a point, you know, or like a take. I just wanted to ask y'all a couple questions. First being, you know, do you guys really think that this, that that a, a difference of RJ not playing alongside Randall? Uh, because to me, what it seems like is that RJ is playing much more free and he's playing without having to defer more and more. And I think that that is attributing to his better play. Um, him coming off of the bench has kind of contributed to that of like, you know, being, like, that guy, right, um, especially with that bench unit. Um, so my question to you guys is, like, A, do you guys see that? And, B, do we really think that there's a possibility that they would possibly move on from Randall um, and, and, you know, get more of that opportunity with RJ? Uh, and my second point is, you know, I feel like I keep hearing that, you know, the kids are playing, you know, Chris, you mentioned it about like you know Miles McBride and you know Quentin uh, Grimes and like you know the defense that they bring, but it seems like every time the Knicks are in like a close game, right? When it's like a crunch time game, the the minutes for the young guys, minus Quentin Grimes obviously, um, because if, you know we know that that's Tibbs' guy, but um, the the minutes tank for the young guys, so. I think it's, like, starting to become really necessary that we start either dipping into the, more of this bench rotation. Um, I know Cam Reddish' situation is pretty much done. Um, but me personally, I would really like to see Speedy out there if possible. I know we're going to get Obi Toppin back eventually. But I just think that, you know, something needs to shake out on that bench unit if Teds is just going to, you know – not play the young guys when it actually is meaningful and you know the the game is on the line because to me <laughs> it kind of defeats the purpose of playing the young guys if they're just going to get
1: sad. So all right so I I I will work backwards um in terms of the young guys so like I don't know like you want to have your best five guys out there or the or the or the five guys who are playing the best um, so, like, Grimes will be out there. If you consider Mitch a young guy, he'll be out there. Um, obviously, RJ will be out there. I did say yesterday that I would have liked to have seen more offense defense substitutions with um, McBride for Brunson. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at the end, I was like, they should do offense defense. They should have McBride out there instead of Brunson. But, you know, uh, Tibbs is rather, I'm sorry, my guys, my five minutes, guys. I'm out there. You know, so I that I'm I I see your point. I but I think the only guy that I would see out I would want to see out there is McBride. I'm I'm
6: sorry, but but I'm not joking. That just made my dog start barking. I'm crying right now, dude. My Tim's
1: impersonation. Yeah, dude. That's (laughs) hilarious. I I thank you. Um and then so and then to the first question. I have always said that I've said this I said this like a year ago that you're not going to see the best of RJ as long as he ju- plays of Julius Randle. Because of the usage Randle requires and how he plays, and then, you know, he could be in the, um, and then, you know, you see RJ relegated to the corner, what have you. I think him going to the, him playing with bench units, has 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 kind of unlocked that. You see, like okay, to to your point, like when he doesn't have to worry about fitting into something, he just play. He plays very well, and then that gives him the confidence to play to to demand more of the ball when Julius is in the game. And I've always said this, like I always felt that Julius is a bit of um Julius defers, like he will def he will defer more than people realize. Um, but if it's to a guy that he thinks either. Is better than him Wave. or is just outplaying it's just like outplaying him. Like yesterday, like clearly what's the name was like it was it was rent it was um clearly it was RJ's night, and you didn't see any of the oh it's my turn now, possession from Randall last night. Like as much as we've seen in the past. So listen, they're gonna move Julius Julius will be Julius will be moved in the star trade, if you ask me. Um or I've always said that I don't think you will see I don't think Julius and Obi will be here next year. I think one of them will be gone. And I and now I'm starting to think more and more it might be Obi. Um, but they're keeping him for like, his his salary will be used and he will be traded in the star trade. I don't think you're going to see him then move off of Randall just to say, all right, RJ, it's your team now, unless RJ goes, like, supernova for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's fair.
7: Um, I just think that it's just – you know, we're in year four now with this combination, and it's just very clear that they can be good, like really good players individually. And, you know, I think Randall is going to get his no matter what, right? Because, you know, in terms of both of those guys, he's clearly like the alpha. But um the Knights that RJ is the alpha and he's actually on, like that, that, that is the version of the Knicks that, like, I believe, like, okay, if we really got a star and paired RJ next to, you know, that person and, you know, Jalen Brunson and, you know, it, it, it really would be, like, a more symbiotic relationship, then, like, we could really be dangerous. Um, I just think that the way that Julius Randle plays, very oh, heavy
2: on, isolation,
1: man. it's... I, I don't Yo, know My my side. right now. My fault. My fault. The guy in
2: my fault.
1: Yeah, go going. Yeah, he 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 was probably on. He went off by accident. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, okay. Um.
7: But yeah, I don't know. I I, I just I just feel like it w- we would be better off with someone who could play more in in the offense. Is, is I guess what I'm saying.
1: No, I feel you. I no, I, I feel you 100%. There. Um. He- and, and and to and real quick
7: to Chris's comment about like. You know, he went over to RJ when he missed somebody open. I, th- I think that's that's hilarious because like, I don't know about y'all, but Randall is the king of missing wide ass open players to the point where like Quentin Grimes will get the ball from him and like pass to the person that like he should have passed to like five seconds previous. That's
1: still wide open. No, I feel you. I feel you. Um, uh, I ninety five. But you had your hand up.
2: Yeah, I kind of wanted to answer um, Jake's question. Um with the question. Um I think it's pretty safe to say the best R J games of the season were the two uh games, uh, uh this game and then the last game. And in both games, Julius was clearly deferring to R J and if you take it even wider sample size, if you go back to December first, I'm looking at it now, R J has a twenty six usage rate. Um what more what more do you want to happen? I mean, do you want RJ to be a thirty usage guy? Like, what, what, what more do you want? Because they're playing well together lately. If you look at the on-off numbers, it's a fact that they're playing well together and it's working. And we saw them yesterday. It wasn't my turn, your turn. They, they were actually working together, looking for each other. So, what exactly, from X's and O's point, like, what do you want? Do you want RJ to have a thirty usage?
7: So I actually disagree because what ended up happening in the, in the late part of the game was that a uh, RJ stopped shooting the ball as much. Um, he went from 30% shot utilization in the first half, 16% in the second half. Cause I looked it up last night and I think like, Maybe it's a maybe it's not a product of Julius Randle, but it's definitely a product of this Tom Thibodeau offense. Is that like But, but what do you want to
2: see, and, man? You just like what exactly do you want to see? I that's what I, I don't get. Like I,
7: I, I want RJ to be able to play without having to think, oh well, if Julius Randle puts his hand up, I gotta pass him the ball and that he plays free. Because that that is the way that RJ can start to play make and actually you know get to his spots and not force stuff like he was early off in the season. Um,
6: yeah, I agree there. I think a forty four point four assist game is one hell of a time to <laughs> to make that statement after. But uh, I I agree with your sentiment. I think Barrett's decision making to start the season wasn't just influenced by things like what you're talking about. I think it was flat out bad. Like he, he was just. In it felt like he was playing in molasses. I know that's weird, but uh, a weird visual for you guys. But it felt like RJ was playing in molasses. It felt like, and it was self inflicted. I'm not saying that for some weird reason the game was moving slower to him. Like it just felt like it wasn't basketball. <laughs> you yeah, know, anyone, anyone seen like the chat GPT stuff, like all this AI going? If, uh, RJ's play felt like he trained the AI to be a basketball player, nothing about it was natural uh you look at last night you look at the the eight games before last night you know it, it feels as if that's a basketball player that's someone who is is a natural at reading defenses and tilting them and making shit happen like it, it was just the, the the last 7 to 8 games there's been a stark difference from Barrett. so I agree with you. I think he's on that track right now though. I do think though it's a little early. The trend still has to develop. So I get what you're saying. Thank, thank,
1: yeah. yeah, Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Um sure. Cameron, welcome to the state. Oh, Cameron's connecting. Uh we're probably gonna wrap up in like ten minutes. Um, but yeah, he, he's still connected. We'll probably wrap up in ten minutes, but um yeah, I, I would love to see a world where it's just RJ's team and, and just to see what it looks like for, like, 10 games, 20 games. It's just not going to happen, and I don't think Cameron Cameron did it. Whatever. All right, that's fine. Uh, so so don't you think at the end of the
7: season we got that a little bit last year
1: with, with all the
7: stuff that was going on with Randall, and I felt like RJ was, like, playing his best basketball to
1: end the season last year. So I do think we saw a little bit of that, but also the vibes around that team were just so bad – um, yeah. Like, like after January 1st, you know, he started playing being more aggressive, whatever. Um, but it didn't feel like it was contributing to winning because, you know, we literally lost 17 games out of 20 because we were running Alec Burks at point guard and still running out Norris Noel and, and all that stuff. Um, this year, now if a team with the legitimate, the a legitimate point guard, that can help him get into a spot, that can set up the office, and can calm things down. I would love to see what it looks like. But, you know, like I said, they are waiting for the star trade um, to trade Julius Randle and to trade before they trade Randall. They're not going to say, like, again, RJ's got to go supernova for them to be like, you know what? You know what, Julie's your services are no longer needed. So, so we'll see. I don't know if that ever happened. And Cameron keeps coming up and going back down. Maybe he's having connection issues. Um. So I'll I'll, I'll give him like another thirty minutes. I'm um, thirty minutes, thirty seconds. And if not, we'll just move on. Um. Yeah. So I mean, listen, it's twelve six. You know, that's all I really have. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you had any closing thoughts or or, or, or final things you wanted to say or discuss.
6: Um <laughs> I think that this next game for the New York Knicks is a fun one. I think if they lose this game and they now they've lost three straight after winning eight straight, I think that the discourse is going to revert a little bit to being a little a little uh, more negative than positive. And the reason for that is because we don't I, I Holidays are very emotional. Tomorrow is Christmas, even if you don't celebrate. There's a lot of ads about family, and what it's an emotional time of year. I feel like people are going to be wrapped up in it tomorrow. Uh, and and I don't know if you guys were, were looking, but James Harden and Joel Embiid just played a video game game together. I'm pretty sure Embiid had 40. I know Harden had 20 points and 21 assists. Yeah. That's like stupid.
1: Like, that is was <laughs> stupid. Like, I was like, oh. Like, that's
6: stupid. Like, what the fuck? So, uh, obviously, Harden, you know, doesn't have the juice like he used to. You can see it in his hammies. You can see it in his lift when he jumps. When You can see it in his lift when he goes up for layups at the rim. He's not the same guy athletically that he was. That's why that craft that he used to use, you know, a bunch of dribble moves. It wasn't the dribble moves that got people. It was his damn first step where he fly by them after the dribble moves that got people, but he doesn't have that anymore. But he's figuring it out, and he's figuring out how to re repurpose uh, his craft and skill and become this kind of, like, uh, initiator. I'm trying to think of, like, a, a word to describe it. It, it feels like he kind of like is like the game master now he just pulls the strings of the game uh and beats the dude obviously but you know Harden's figuring things out so if I'm the Knicks I don't want to see this Philly team right now they got them bright and early 12 noon on Christmas day Uh, I think you know that would be a great win if they win it if the Knicks lose that game I'm just I will say that I think there will be a little bit of unnecessary raining going on on certain parades. Uh, I would just say to stay the course. Don't let the lows get too low. Don't get the highs get too high. That's the message that Thibodeau has been spreading to the players throughout the win streak after it. Uh, and I'd say fans should follow it as well. I agree.
1: I will say this. I this sometimes, you know, they say there's things called schedule losses. Um, I think the, I think the last, I think, Wednesday was a schedule loss, the back-to-back against that team, um, the Raptors with their switchy, you know, length and whatever. And I think last night was just – and then then last night was, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times. It's really hard to beat them three times in two weeks, Um, especially when you won the first two in their building. So the fact that I was like – like I was prepared to lose – Raptors game. I was prepared to lose the Bulls game. I wasn't prepared to lose them both. Um. So now, and I was prepared in a vacuum to lose the tomorrow, but now I don't want to lose tomorrow. And especially because if we lose, and you know, we should have we shouldn't pay attention to the uh, freaking uh the me- national media, but you know. If we lose a national TV at noon to the Sixers, and that'll be a third straight loss. And they like, oh, the eight games is a fluke. The Knicks are back to being the Knicks, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I try not to pay attention to the national discourse when it's disgusting. Like, thank God I was not, a, thank God I was at the game on Tuesday because I heard from everyone who has told me that watched the TNT broadcast, it was disgusting. Like, I even had Nets fans saying, like, I'm not a Knicks fan, but this is disgusting. So I would like to win tomorrow, and I think we can win tomorrow. Um, I don't think that – I don't think that uh, – the question is, will James Harden be at Riviera or Starless tomorrow, Um, If uh, tonight? Because if he's at one of those places, then – um, God bless them, but then it feels good for me. It feels good for us. And
6: the Knicks need to send the Pro Scouts out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, and if you don't know what Starlets or or, 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 or Riviera is, um, Google is free. Um, so, listen, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you, everyone, for pulling up. Uh, John, I see you. Cash is what up. C.T. Pittman, go to hell. Um, he's a, he's a Steelers fan. He's a Steelers fan. I'm a Ravens fan. That's why. Um, <laughs> I95 bully anonymous uh like everyone man Merry Christmas um just incredible
6: Lauren Shannon oh
1: yes yeah. shout, uh, la- shout out to the late the ladies especially that pull up we appreciate you very much um Mark pastor oh Pastor Claudio's in there and I told someone to go to HE double hockey since' so run to Pastor Claudio I'm terrible um but thanks everyone for pulling up Merry Christmas happy Hanukkah Happy holidays! I will tell you right now. I don't know if we're having a show on New Year's Eve. Maybe we will. We'll see. We'll keep it. We'll keep. We'll keep our options open. But much love to everyone. Peace out. Happy holidays, Knicks Nation. Let's ride.